Yes, we are very grateful to the Lord that we can come together in liberty without being disturbed to hear His precious and holy word. Also, I would like to greet all of you worldwide who are connected online, welcoming you and just wishing to all God's blessing with all my heart. Then we have special greetings from Norway this time, then from Denmark, from Brother Wallström, then from Italy, and from Bucharest, from India, from Kenya, from Cape Town, from Johannesburg, from the DRC, from Chile, from Peru, USA, Canada, Gabon, Burma, and the Philippines. Yes. I was just thinking of it. One cannot just uh, bypass this. We are, of course, connected to all our brothers and sisters, deeply connected in the Lord. And we know that we together will be with the Lord. <coughs> taking seat at the great table and celebrating the marriage supper with the Lord. Then, I also don't want to forget to welcome all of you here, in particular from all the neighboring countries, from Finland. And if one goes here from right to the left, then all the neighboring countries are represented the Lord God, may He bless all of you. May He be with all of you. And may these two days be, become two very special days in our life of faith. Then, together with Brother Tati, we made a mighty trip. Where is Brother Tati? Please stand up. There is Brother Tati. God bless you in a special way. It's really the best translator from the English language into the French. And I am grateful to the Lord that we together could make this trip through Senegal and Mali and Ivory Coast. And you all know Senegal and Mali are two Islamic countries. There are just a few Christians. doesn't matter which kind of direction and what kind of denomination they belong to. And nevertheless, hundreds came under the sound of the Word of God. Also, from various denominations, 
to hear the word of the Lord. The highlight, the climax, was of course in Abidjan, Ivory Coast. And there they said that more than 8,000 people were gathered in two meetings to hear God's word. And if I understood it the right way, then they all believe, as the scripture says, they believe biblically and are baptized biblically in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Having received what God promised for our time by grace, then Before the departure, we had a meeting with 37 preachers. And you all know, with the preachers, God has big trouble, very big trouble. With the people, he he has it easy. But with the preachers, he doesn't have it easy. Because all are having right. All want to be right. And so much right doesn't exist at all. Just giving God right. Believing as the scripture says. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> not adding anything. And not taking anything away. <coughs> I'm, I'm deeply touched since our beloved brother Shafrik gave me this sermon of Brother Branham in his presence, a sermon of Brother Branham. It really touches me that we need meetings in which God can manifest himself. Meetings in which, as written here, a couple of times written, said by Brother Branham in this sermon, he said that nobody, nobody in the presence of God remains as he is. That all are having a real encounter with the Lord. And this is the purpose of our meetings, not the connection to the preacher, not establishing the connection with the preacher, but establishing the connection with God, so that people are are getting the connection with God and are making their own experiences. I don't want to read all these precious statements here. I did it partly already last Wednesday. But here, Brother Branham says, always when the people are coming into the presence of God, then it has a great influence, a great impact on them. Already that would be enough. But firstly, we have to understand a meeting in which God's word is preached that we really are gathered in His presence as God 
has gathered his people in the Old Covenant and has, as he directly spoke in the pillar of cloud and in the pillar of fire coming down, so we have God's word we got it revealed freshly from the throne by His grace and God speaks directly to us. Then the next statement in the presence of God great preachers were able to by the word of God to bring the presence of God into the meetings. And when does this happen? When the listeners are tuning in. When God, through the proclamation, can reach that, that He can really reach that the whole meeting is being aware that God is present and we may experience what He promised us in His Word. Then it says, Gather Israel, for I will speak to them. Time and again it is about to gather the people of God so that the Lord can speak to us by His grace. In this sermon, it's the subject in His presence. Series 4 and then number 6 in the German language. It's just so precious. If we just can be aware that we are transferred back into the days of the Bible, not only to have an object lesson, but that we are experiencing God in the same way as it was at the beginning. Then it says here, when we are coming into his presence, when a man one time comes into his presence, then he is changed forever. I think this we experienced. We experienced a conversion, a renewing, a new birth we experienced. We experienced God. And the spiritual man has just to grow and to increase. Also this belongs to it. And then, also this statement. Look at Abraham, look at Moses, look at Peter and Paul. In the moment when they came into the presence of God, they recognized themselves as sinners. And later on, they sealed their testimony with their lives. Here, Brother Brenham refers especially to Isaiah chapter 6, when the prophet 
Behold the glory of God, saw the Lord on His throne, cherubims right and left, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And then, and then, then it happened. I am a man with unclean lips. I dwell amongst people who have unclean lips. And then the angel touches, he, he took the, the fiery coal of the altar and he touched the lips of the prophet and he was cleansed. And now the words of God could be laid into his mouth. And he said, after the Lord was asking, Whom shall I send? Who wants to be my messenger? And the answer was, Send me. Send me. But firstly, the touching in the presence of the Lord with a coal of fire from the altar. And then we see in the book of Acts, chapter 2, it was a baptism with spirit and fire. And the tongues, the lips were touched. And the wonderful deeds of God were proclaimed. But notice here, at Pentecost, it were not only 11 or 12 apostles. No, the whole church, which was gathered in the upper room, all were baptized with the Holy Ghost. To all appeared tongues, cloven tongues as of fire. And in this way, the Lord took His church into His ministry. And this ministry He carries out. And if one reads especially 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, then one finds the word edifying for the edification of the church. Always edification. All the gifts, all the ministries are for the edification of the church. And then Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, that God has set the ministries into the church for the edification of His body so that all are being blessed. May God use these thoughts and especially the thought that the presence of God is necessary. It's very much necessary and that we, in the presence of God, are hearing the word and that the faith can come up in us that we are really making the experiences of salvation. We time again have biblical subjects, but it is not only about biblical subjects. For instance, there some, somebody was writing here something. 
I succeeded, I succeeded to prepare the, the believers for the third coming of Christ. But for, to us, we must succeed to prepare for the second coming of Christ. But if people think that the Lord has come already, and then are waiting for a third coming. Let me say it here very clearly. Also here we have the statement of Brother Branham. There are three comings of the Lord for the church. The first time he came to redeem the church. The second time he comes to take the redeemed church to the marriage supper of the Lamb into glory. And the third time he comes together with the church for the, for the start for the commencing of the millennium. This is the biblical order for the, for the Church of Jesus Christ, of our Lord. Before we come into details, and before we read a couple of scriptures, I just hope that we are really tuned in on our inside, that we are really tuned in now to be blessed by God and that no one, that, that no one, regardless of who he is, whoever came in here unbelieving, can go out here as a believer. Whoever came in here bound, can go out here delivered. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And if we have read here in this text from Matthew 12, I just read verse 20 and 21 once again. A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench until he sent forth justice unto victory. Our Lord is the victor of Calvary. He, brought, he, he accomplished a perfect redemption. And also this, Brother Brenham said here in one statement, he emphasized it, we need we don't, we don't need anymore to think about sin. It's gone. It's under the blood. Nobody needs, nobody needs to confess a sin which happened 40 or 30 or 20 years ago. It's long time under the blood. When we are coming here together, 
then Lord be merciful to us wherever there is a thought today today not 20 years ago I'm not busy with this no this is under the blood but what 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 was today that we are just open before in in the presence of God that we are submitting and humbling and saying Lord in your presence in your presence nothing can stand except it is under the blood. So, bringing it to victory, on the third day, he rose from the dead, and our Lord says, I live, and ye shall live also. I have overcome death and hell. And then, verse 21, And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Also we are trusting in him. Let us read the word from Hebrews, chapter 2. I mean, chapter 9, Hebrews, chapter 9. And here, we have verse 28, where it speaks directly of the second coming. Hebrews 9, verse 28. Likewise, Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that flock, that look for him, that look for him shall he appear the second time, the second time, without sin unto salvation. The first time he came to redeem us. The second time he comes to take us home. Then we have the wonderful words in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. Luke, chapter 12, and here, verses Let's say verse 35, Luke 12, verse 35. Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning, your lamps burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for the Lord being like people who wait for their Lord. Let your loins be girded about. What does, what does Ephesians 6 say to it? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 14, perhaps verse 13 already. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, 
not you and mine armor, but the armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And then we are shown how we have to be equipped and girded. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. So, not only the loins girded, but the loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation to preach the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Let us also read verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Here we have a full equipment which we need to fight the battle of faith in the right way, to stand and the victory which the Lord has given us that we can have this victory. The victory of our Lord is our victory. This happened for all of us. And then we have in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, who comes straight to the subject and to the matter. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And here we read verse 1, and then also from verse 7 to 9. Verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And Sostenes, our brother, are sending greetings. And then, from verse 7, so that ye come behind in no gift waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, be honest now. Put your hand unto your heart. Paul has just written now to the church of the Christian Corinthians, where all the nine gifts of the Spirit were in operation where the body of the Lord was in function and where, of course, also deviations have come, have happened. This is not missing. The enemy is never satisfied with what God is doing. No, he always wants to disturb and go between 
wherever possible. But, but the divine pattern of the church remains forever. Then, verse 8, who shall also confirm you unto the end, unto the end, until we are reaching the destination. Confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blameless. This, by the proclamation, has to happen in the presence of God, among the people of God. It has to be reached now that we truly are coming into the will of God and can do it also by His grace. Because what did our Lord say? Who are those? Who are my brothers? Who are my sisters? All who are doing the will of my Heavenly Father. These are my brothers and these are my sisters. All the others are perhaps half-sisters or half-brothers, I don't know. But the direct brothers and sisters born of God consecrated to the Lord, these are the ones who are in the will of God by His grace. And concerning brothers and sisters, we have, of course, in the Gospel of John, I almost see it the nicest scripture, just with, with so much... Uh, Emphasis, John 20. And here, it is verse 17, which I like to read many times. John 20, verse 17. Jesus says unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren, go to my brethren, tell them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and to your God. Go to my brothers. He had to become like his brothers in all things. You can read it in Hebrews chapter 2. Do you know what makes me happy? That we just can go from scripture to scripture and knowing, here it is written, this is thus says the Lord. And our faith, our faith is anchored biblically and God will crown us with mercy and loving kindness. Here we have it. Hebrews chapter 2 and we read today only 
Yes, one should read from verse 11 to 17 and more. But just that scripture which refers to us, namely, to that what we are in the eyes of God by His grace, namely verse 11, for both He that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one and the same Father, for which cause He is not ashamed to call them brethren. And where is it written? Psalm 22, verse 23. I will declare your name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise you. The subject about the return of the Lord Let us go into this subject now. And brothers and sisters, not only that, but also what is happening before that. And I just, I just said it now. The enemy will always take care that unrest comes. And especially through the false teachings and so on. Let me just read it here from Romans, chapter 16. Romans, chapter 16. And here, this powerful scripture, Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. Here we read now, Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine, contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Verse 18, For they, for they that are such, serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. And this, this may not happen. God is watching over His Word. God is watching over us. And I just, I want to know from you tonight, Are you all settled in the biblical doctrine? Has God given us this divine foundation? Could He reveal it to us? Upon which we are grounded? That again and again everything has to be placed biblically. Here are written two words in verse 17. Divisions and offenses. 
Let us see now what offenses uh, brings with it and what the Holy Scripture says about it. Matthew 18, verse 7. seven. Matthew 18, verse 7. Uh, woe unto the world because of offenses. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs, for it must needs be that offenses come. Here, the offenses are put on the same field. Offenses must come, yes. But woe to, the, to that man by whom the offense cometh. Here we have a very special point. And this, I just would like to emphasize it tonight. What happened in Genesis 2 and what happened in Genesis 3? In Genesis 2, God said very clearly, He gave instructions what has to be done and what had not to be done. What was allowed and what was not allowed. Everything he said very clearly, how did the deception come? How did the offense come? How did the fall came? Not by arguments taken out of the air. No. That what God said, it was used to deceive, to entice and to bring about the fall. The deception until today is not possible without God's word. The enemy cannot deceive without the word. He has to come with the word. He has to twist it. He has to question it. He has to bring forth arguments. Time and again, he has to bring the deception to the people with the word. Just go back now to Genesis 1. Let us make man. Yeah, the enemy, all the theologians, he turned, the, the heads of the theologians, he turned around. Just with this word, let us make man. And then, yeah, the enemy just turned the heads around. Turned the heads around. And he said, so, it, it, there had to be more persons. So, there is a plural of the persons of God. And based upon one single scripture, which the enemy darkened and twisted to them, based upon it, they invented the Trinity. Whoever reads the Holy Scriptures on, he of course knows, he of course knows to whom the Lord God was speaking. All of the heaven was present when God created the earth. That's how it is written in Job 38. And whoever reads on, I, I just wanted to emphasize this point here. The deception is here. 
is there, is there the greatest where the enemy takes a scripture and twists it and then brings the people into the transgression. You all can read it. Eve also said, yes, the serpent beguiled me. Why? Because the original word was not left in the, in the way as it was. But instead it was twisted. Just think about the temptation story of our Lord. In Matthew 4, it is written, it's, it is written, He will send His angels, he will, they will carry you on their hands. It is written, it is written. And the Lord, time and again He answered, but it is also written. Take all the other scriptures. The enemy entices the people by twisting the word and giving his own interpretation into it. And these are then the offenses. These are the deceptions. And that's what's all about today. For instance, if somebody speaks of the third coming of Christ, yeah, I just said it before. Where is the second coming of Christ? Let me just read two scriptures to it. We spoke about it already. And time and again, we proved it by the scripture. What will then really happen? The first one from Romans. Chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. And here we have verses 19, yes, from verse 19 and then 21. Romans 8, verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse 21. Because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Glorious liberty. Verse 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, who we have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption namely the redemption of our body. This is the completion of the redemption, namely our translation. Then, just for this subject, from 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, and here, from verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, 
And this mortal body must put on immortality. This just belongs to it at the return of Jesus Christ. Then, verse 54, So, when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal body shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying, that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is thy sting? Hell, where is thy victory? Everything forever. Everything is for, over forever. And the victory of God was manifested. Then, last Sunday in Zurich, we were reading and looking at the word in Moses. Let me just go to it. Leviticus. Let me just go to Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 8. Let me read firstly before we read from chapter 14. Leviticus chapter 8. Here it is about from the 6, it is about the dwelling place of the Lord and about that what the priests have to do before they carry out the ministry of the Lord. In verse 8, we read of the breastplate of Urim and Tumim and on and on are given instructions. And it says in verse 10, and Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. Here it speaks of the anointing, of the consecration time and again. By the anointing with oil the consecration was done. On the altar, everything, what was there? All the vessels. One can read it in verse 13 and 14. And then we come to verse 22. And here we are told how the ram of consecration by which the atonement was brought how he should be sacrificed. And you will just see now why I read this. Verse 23 And he slaughtered it and Moses Moses took off the blood of it and put it upon, upon the tip of Aaron's right ear and upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot. Before the people were sacrificing the sacrifice and before the same was done on all who came and who 
all who brought sacrifices, the same thing was done on him. But before Aaron and his sons made this could made this action on them who were bringing the sacrifice before that they themselves had to ex- had, had to make this experience by themselves being consecrated to God themselves first and here we have really everything we have the ear the hand and the foot the right ear right thumb right toe everything whoever was carrying out the ministry in the temple of the Lord on him this act of atonement should be done firstly and we all know here the anointing oil was poured upon the head of Aaron and all were anointed and consecrated you can read it Verse 12. And then we are coming to the word which we looked at, namely in chapter 14, Leviticus chapter 14. And you all know there were the various sacrifices, the meal offering, the drink offering, the sin offering. There were all the, these sacrifices, offerings, for all the areas of life they included that the man from head to toe is redeemed and reconciled with God, put into the ministry of God. Then we have here, in chapter 14, Leviticus 14, we read from verse 13, and he slaughtered the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest's, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. Afterward, we are coming back to Hebrews. But let us read on first, verse 14. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and and upon the great toe of his right foot. Before that, the act has to be done on Aaron, the man whom God ordained, the first high priest. It had to be firstly done on him, and then on all who are coming and who are bringing their offerings. Then also their ear, their hand, and their foot had to come under the atonement, under the reconciliation. The whole man had to be consecrated to God. 
I don't know what this has to say to you. The ear, God of course ordained that we are hearing, hearkening to that what He has, has to say to us. But let us be honest. If we are not under the blood and, ha and if not everything was placed under the blood, the head, the, the ear, the foot and the toe, what, what then? Then the words of the covenant are just bypassing us and are not addressing us at all. The reconciliation was the most important. The atonement had to be brought by the sacrifice. And therefore the whole man had to be taken into this act of atonement. The ear, the hand and the foot. Everything had to be consecrated to God. And what really touched me already last Sunday, I can't get from it. I just read it now. From verse 15. And the priest shall take some of the lock of oil and pour it into the palm of his left hand into the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall dip his right finger into the oil that is in his left hand and shall sprinkle of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. Also the number seven is such of great importance in the kingdom of God up to the book of Revelation. Then comes the very important thing also verse 17 and of the rest of the oil that is in his left hand shall the priest put upon the tip of the right ear of him, of him that is to be cleansed, of him who has come, of him who brought the sacrifice, upon him, upon him for whom the blood is shed, upon, for, of him, yeah of him that is to be cleansed and upon the thumb of his right hand, the tip of the right ear and of the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot. Upon the, listen, listen now, upon the blood of the trespass offering. This is gospel. This is a good news. Everything, what is under the blood and what is in the reconciliation with God is later on anointed. The same ear, the same thumb, the same right toe. 
toe. Wherever the blood came, there came now the oil. There came the anointing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Purchased by the blood. Justified once for all. And then being spirit baptized. Consecrated to God. The blood bought flock is God consecrated. And the consecration, the consecration truly is done by the Holy Spirit. And we just have to take note of this. Not, not, not only taking note of it, but taking the examples of the Old Testament have of course a significance in the New Testament. God really, really, by all the offerings, by all what happened in the Old Testament, He already announced what would happen in this one single offering. Namely, when the blood of the new covenant was shed and when the New Testament church comes under the blood. We already heard it in the songs. We are, we are singing about Calvary more than everything else. And I'm grateful for it that this, this core, this core of the redemption is put into the center of the pro proclamation. But in the same way, we have to come back to the beginning and saying, both happened. The redemption by the blood and the blood-bought flock, the original church, where was gathered in the upper room and when the day of Pentecost was fulfilled then a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they started to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance our question is this now, beloved brothers, our question is, where do we stand now? We are redeemed. We have received the message. And this we can really say rightly. Please hold, hold fast your seats now. But I say it nevertheless. We are the we distinguish ourselves not only from all denominations. We are also distinguishing us also within the directions of the end time message. This has to be said one time. We are, we are different from all. As it was at that time, so it is now also. The Lord builds his church and no strange doctrine, no interpretation has place. Only the true proclamation. Everything else is a disturbance, is a deception. 
And we emphasized it here many times. There are only two influences. The one is the Spirit of God. On whom comes the Spirit of God? Who was anointed? Those who, be, who before were purchased with the blood of reconciliation and were touched. Here, touched. Here, yeah, and there. And upon these places. And I'm really happy about, I'm really happy upon all these places which were before sprinkled with blood, cleansed with blood, there came the anointing and the consecration and the consecration. How is it with us? Not only the right thumb, the whole hand, not only the ear, the whole head, not only a right toe, but really from head to toe, we are redeemed by grace. And the blood of the new covenant speaks for us. Please receive it. Please accept it. Thank God for the reconciliation and for the forgiveness which He has given us by His grace. Let, let us really expect together by faith. Yes, let us really be almost in a, in a, in a, in a, because of the promise which God has given us. Let, let us be in expectation, namely, that the blood-bought flock makes up the body of the Lord and that we are all baptized by one Spirit into one body. And that God by this, in this way can present the church now and can use it now as at the beginning. Let us summarize now what we tried to say today, what was laid upon our hearts today. No own way, no own will anymore, no own doctrine, no own revelation, really nothing like that. Full submission under the mighty hand of God. A full placing into the Word of God, into the plan of God by grace. And to this belongs the consecration. To this belongs the redemption. And we all, we sang many times, under the blood, under the precious blood, as the song goes, under the flood of salvation. We sang it many times, and I am convinced that we experienced more than we maybe even see on us ourselves. It could namely be that some are thinking by themselves, oh, nothing has changed. I go to work as before. I make my job as before. Outwardly, 
everything remains the same. But on the inside, on the inside, we were renewed. Inwardly, we have received the connection to God. The outward, the outward comes still, as we read. Then, immortality will put on immortality, and in corruption will put on incorruption. But this concerns the body, not the soul. We are fully redeemed, fully justified. One could read here most wonderful scriptures from Romans and from Hebrews, namely that the redemption is so perfect just as it could be. Do you believe it? We are really redeemed and I really want that all are taking it for themselves. Outwardly, each one makes his job. Each one is making his job. What kind of professions do we have here? Many professions do we have here today. Each one is doing his job. The one is doctor, physician, there's a lawyer, there's a teacher. Yeah, we're sitting. Various people. All are having their professions. But this is outwardly, inwardly, inwardly. A renewing took place by grace. And for this, we are very grateful to God with all our hearts. And today, today we will be for the service of the Lord. And we will ask him that what was given to us as a pattern in the Old Testament, what happened there, and what, fa- what, fa- what has found realization in the New, just think of our Lord. He was the Anointed One. The Anointed One. And we are the Anointed Ones. He, the Son of God. We are sons and daughters of God. <coughs> the redemption is perfect. And this we receive by faith. And we are grateful to God for it. Did we understand this lesson? The sin offering was brought. The priest applied the blood. He knew exactly where the blood belongs. And even even in the 40 parables which our Lord used to show the kingdom of God, one time and again reads, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. For instance, in Matthew 13, And then Revelation, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let me me make here a very sad comparison. We are having here all the charismatic healing revivals and all kinds of things. I just got a phone call now that the lady 
which was leading these charismatic meetings, she spoke so much about spirit baptism as one would speak on the marketplace. She was laughing, was, 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 telling, of, was telling of a man who, who, who she met in the toilet. So much deception is done. <coughs> This, with a nice, nice, pious garment, and then praise the Lord and music. And what, what is missing? They are speaking of the anointment. They are not even under the blood. Leave alone under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They just imagine all things to themselves and to the people. And therefore our Lord cried at the end of days, before the return of the Lord, these gentlemen would come on the scene and therefore the warning <coughs> don't be deceived and we are just so grateful the ones are remaining there where, where they are are imitating making a good atmosphere and the others have recognized that a new covenant was made that the blood of the new covenant was shed and that we by the blood of the Lamb were redeemed and that the enemy has no right on us at all and that we then by the, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit are consecrated to God as the blood-bought flock consecrated for the ministry of the Lord. And by this, in perfect faith and in the perfect submission, walking on with the Word of God and then deepening ourselves in the Word until we experience the last things which God promised by His grace. May God bless us. Are you ready? Your ear, your hand, your toe, are you ready to consecrate fully to, to the Lord from head to toe under the blood, the precious blood. There is power in the blood. There is power in the blood, as, as the song goes. To him, the Almighty God, be the honor. And this I just wanted to say also. We are different from all. Really from all. We are different. And this God laid in such a way that he has given us the respect for his word into us. He laid it into us. We understood that God does all things only according to his word and that the bright church is no hybrid but that it is the true original bride. It has to be. And that by this, by perfect faith, we are walking forward. And that what God promised, that we will experience it. God is faithful. He will complete His work unto the day of Jesus Christ. As we read it, He will complete it in you and in me, in all of us. 
how many are receiving the full forgiveness by his blood just say Amen how many want to be consecrated to God from head to toe then let us stand up let us stand up and together let us thank our Lord God also for the Old Testament for all the examples which have a significance of, in the plan of salvation which were left to us for this we are just so grateful let us sing the chorus just as I am Let us look to Calvary by faith, because there it happened. I love him. As we are having our heads bowed, as we remain in silent prayer, by faith, please receive it. It happened for us. Jesus Christ, as the faithful high priest, After the finished redemption, he went with his own blood into the most holy place. A a perfect redemption took place after spirit, soul and body. The body is also redeemed in the way that before the translation he has the right to be healed. Healing and redemption happened on the same day, in the same moment. The blood was shed for our reconciliation, for an atonement, to give us redemption. But bruised was our Lord, so that we are healed of our diseases. And therefore it is written, in by His stripes we are healed. Not only salvation of the soul, healing of the body, 
And if we now, if we didn't emphasize this part un, until now, then let us do it now. And let us put the emphasis on that healing is a firm part of the finished redemption on the cross of Calvary. And that we are not, that we don't need to beg neither of redemption nor of forgiveness nor of healing. We just have to thank. And if already 800 years when Isaiah was on the earth, when it is already written in past tense, it was written in past tense, by his stripes we were healed. What shall we say today after the finished work of redemption? The same we say, by his stripes I am healed. Lay your hand upon the place and say, Lord, I am healed. Lay your hand unto your heart and say, Lord, I am redeemed. Hallelujah. Praise, honor and glory be unto the Lord, our God. A sister came already to the front. Should, should somebody would st still wants to come to the front, to the front, then we will pray together. We will believe together. We will take God at His word together. And together we will glorify the power of, glor of His glory. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <coughs> Please remember, what was the special thing when our Lord walked this earth? The healings, the healings. And he preached the gospel, but he cleansed the lepers, he healed the blind, he healed the cripples, he healed all, and the people came to hear him, they came to be healed. How was it in the ministry of the apostles? How was it with Paul? How was it with Brother Branham? Healing was one of the, of the main things which happened. To him it was said, when you will reach that the people are believing you, then nothing will, will withstand your prayer. Not even cancer. What can hinder God? God is creator. God is sustainer. God is redeemer. God is all in all. And our Lord spoke it out after his resurrection, when he conquered everything, when he completed everything, he said, to me is given all the power in heaven and on earth. Brothers and sisters, we are now uniting 
in this holy place, in the precious and holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are placing ourselves and this place under the blood of the new covenant and all of the meeting we are placing under the leading and anointing of the Holy Spirit and it shall happen that God's word becomes true now you who have come to the front that it might be confirmed receive receive from God what you have asked for what, what you prayed for take it home it happened on the cross of Calvary to him our Lord and God be the glory did you consecrate yourself to the Lord did you receive his blood did you, did you receive healing then praise on and glory be unto our God hallelujah let us sing the chorus oh hallelujah it is finished Thomas, please come to the front. Sing with all of us. Only believe, only believe. Sing with us. I will go through, through the rows to prove that I believe what God's word says. I will just lay hands on as Mark 16, as it's written there in Mark 16. On the sick, they shall lay hands on. They shall lay hands on. James 5. And in Mark 16, those who believe, these signs shall follow. It, they will follow. Yes, we just have to run after the signs. They will follow us. They will be manifested in us by grace. We believe it. Let us sing nicely. Let us sing nicely. Only believe. Ich bin der Herr, 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 der Herr,
To this we say Amen. We also say Amen where the Lord is present, there He manifests Himself, there He saves, there He heals, there He delivers, there is being received by faith what He has prepared for us. Please, receive it forever and take it home. Our Lord, as the Lamb of God, He shed His blood. As the High Priest, He entered into the Holy of Holies and has obtained the eternal redemption there in heaven. The enemy can accuse, he can be furious, he can do whatever he likes. It remains. The redemption, the redemption is not for time, it's for eternity. The blood of the eternal covenant I will make an eternal covenant with you and I will fulfill the promises given to David. The covenant he made, the promises are yea and amen and them he fulfills in his presence, in his presence. It happens. It has happened. It has taken place. Brother Schmidt will pray with us together. The time, of course, is far spent. Please, Brother Schmidt, great God, we say thank you to you for your grace and faithfulness that you have spoken to us and that your word was confirmed in our midst. Lord in heaven, all who have come, they have come to you, the living and eternal God. And all believe that you are still the same, doing still the same, Still healing, still redeeming, still delivering. Lord, we thank you for it. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, abide in our midst, abide with each one of us who has consecrated himself to you for the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. I am convinced that some have consecrated their lives to the Lord. Tomorrow, tomorrow after the service, there can be a water baptism. All who would like to be baptized, tomorrow you have the opportunity after the service to do so.
And once again, let it be said, we are completely redeemed, consecrated to God for time and for eternity. The blood of the new covenant, the blood of the new covenant, which was shed for us, by this it happened to our Lord and Redeemer be the praise and glory and adoration. How many remember the word of introduction? A bruised reed shall he not quench and the smoking flags he will not quench. Bruce Reed, he will not break. Both he has done. The oil was flowing through the through the through the in most languages it's written there it's written in many languages there's hardly a language it's translated correctly as in the German language it's perfectly translated it's really not about the bruised reed no, not about the reed there is the point of the matter in the translations it is about the pipe it is about, about the pipe which, which leads the oil down just look in the French Bible in, in the English Bible look into the Czech Bible what is written there look, look it up to the Lord God be the praise from the bowl of oil there goes down the pipe which Zechariah 4 and he will not quench the smoking flags he will take care for the flowing of the oil to our Lord be the honor now and forever let us sing hallelujah be praised And all the people said, each one is shaking hands with everybody and wishes God's blessing.